0: Hello and welcome to the SportsGrad podcast. My name is Ruben Williams and with me, as always, is the nimble Ryan Walker. How are you today, Ryan? I'm fantastic, Rubes,
1: uh, all well at HQ, uh, sitting in my, well, I'll call it an office. It is my office. It's uh it's my sports grad office. All I need, I think, is some sort of you know one of those like LED like squad a, uh squad cast, what am I talking about? Sports grad signs behind me there, I reckon it would look quite nice, but a neon sign. A neon sign. Uh be, one day, hopefully. Cool. Yeah. Mm. But um no, everything's going well. Uh excited
0: for this episode as per usual. Yes. And it's great to have you hosting the show today. Oh, I love hosting the show. I like uh, you know any opportunity I get to um to uh, chat. This podcast is a good one, so hence we give ourselves the liberty to chat whenever we want. So yeah, uh, it's fair to say you get that opportunity most weeks. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've
1: got ample opportunity to speak on this podcast. So absolutely, uh, yeah.
0: No, it's good. Good to be here once again. No, and we wouldn't get the chance to chat. Uh, with ourselves, Ryan, if it weren't for our good friends at Deakin University, my old stomping ground, I had a brilliant time there, made a lot of friends. And uh, mm. when you go to Deakin University, you can be confident that every single course is backed by industry experts. And that's going to lead you to get the job that you want with a degree that employers want. And we love their tagline, Ryan, which is progressive real world learning. And our guest today actually comes from Deakin University too. So another another product of the factory. She
1: does, the factory. We do love Deakin University. The show also wouldn't be possible without a good friend at Sports Where I Am Rubes. Um, and, you know, with the huge Ashes Summer coming up, i would tell you what, I'd be probably buying my tickets right about now and you can do that through Sports Where I Am. So go www.sportswhereiam.com to find all your favourite sports, big Ashes Summer coming up and there'll be plenty more to offer and you can actually use the code SportsGrad for 5% off
0: your tickets, So head to there. ASAP, I reckon. Mm, brilliant platform. Heaps of great tickets there. If you want to learn more about us, who we are, our background, what we get up to, ask us any questions. We're on LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with us there and ping us through anything that comes to mind. There's a link in the show notes where you can jump straight to our profiles. Now, Ryan, we mentioned our guest uh, from Deakin University, Anshul Tuckerin who was actually started out uh, in a Bachelor of Mathematics back in India. So Anshul was an international student to Australia. She's come from, from another completely different background to follow her passion for sport. She's made the jump over from India to Melbourne and jumped into a Masters of Sport Management at Deakin University. And during her time there, she's done a whole heap of event work at things like the Australian Open and the T20 Women's World Cup. As well as the Formula One Grand Prix. Not only the big event, she's also done smaller grassroots work as well, which she touches on was you know pivotal to getting her role. Uh, and so she worked with the Campbell Magpies in a game day operations role, as well as doing, you know, an internship with Table Tennis Victoria. And then all of this kind of came together in her dream job, national participation and development coordinator at Table Tennis Australia. Ryan, what did you enjoy about Archul?
1: Yeah, I, I said to her off air after the show, it was just an unreal chat, but also it's just so relevant to the people listening to the podcast. We've got a lot of international students who we talk to, um, who are closely affiliated with Sports grad and it's just awesome to bring a great success story. But, um, you know, plain and simple, she, you know, she showed I and mean, she spoke about how to succeed in australia as an international student and it's not easy you know it's yeah it's not easy and you know she threw a few stats out there that were pretty crazy to think about but also you know she just said it's tough and some some people don't understand how hard that can be so she goes through a few things that she did when she got here that that gave her the best possible chance of, of landing something so it was it was great to hear of her success after after coming to australia
0: yeah, you're right. Like her, her story is genuinely inspiring. Like she's grown up, become an elite table tennis player back in India, followed her passion to Australia, and then in one shot, she's applied for one job and got it in one go. Her yeah. dream role at her dream organization. And so I think you know, if nothing else, like this Anjul story is just like a you know a shot of inspiration for anyone who is looking for a boost to go out and and grab that career that is on offer for you in Australia.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, The last thing I'll say is, you know, she spoke about how she was able to communicate her experience effectively. And at the end of the day, like it's probably the most pivotal thing that you need to be able to do. She has so much experience volunteering and all that. uh, But, you know, you said it really well, you know, She knows how good she was, but you've got to convince the person who's hiring how good you are. Mm. So um, she spoke about how she was able to do that. Um, I think she thought she didn't do it that well, but she (laughs) did do it very
0: well. It's fair Mm. to say. So, yeah, absolutely awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it'd be nice if you could just hire yourself. I guess we've done that, but anyway. Yeah, I I hired myself the other day. Pretty (laughs) pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> anyway, grab a pen, enjoy this chat with Anshul Takran. Anshul, welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast.
2: Hi, Ruben, Ryan, thanks for having me here.
0: Well, it's great to
1: have you. Uh, first question off the bat, Anshul, and I'll firstly just say I love the backdrop, by the way. It's great to be in Table Tennis HQ, but we all have our stories about how our interest in sport began. I'm interested to hear where did the interest in sport grow from for you?
2: Well, um, I've I've actually been involved in uh, table tennis for as long as I can remember now. I started playing when I was um, 12, 11 years old. Um, So I played for my school state level and then at a national level by the time I was um, in the 12th year of school. So I'd say that a lot of my major life decisions, like even choosing a course or a college for my bachelor's degree, were very highly influenced by whether or not um, I can continue playing, um, which I did end up doing. I uh, played when I was in college, so I guess it's just um, being a sports person for that long that it just helped develop that uh, interest naturally. So yeah, I'd say that it got instilled in me over the years.
0: Ta- table tennis is one of those sports that's very handy to be able to pull out at a work event or, or a party or wherever you go. There's there always seems to be a table tennis table around. Yeah. So for you to be what a national representative of India, Mm-hmm. In table tennis, I can imagine is probably serving you pretty well in, in social situations.
2: <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It is uh, <laughs> it is one of the most participative sports, I'd say. And uh, and yeah, whenever I tell my friends that I've played at the national level, uh, they get into their own unnecessary competitive spirit and they want to <laughs> play a game with me. Uh, but but yeah, I would say that I've managed to. Um, uh, keep my bar <laughs> set my bar high in those situations.
1: So, yeah, is there me. a, uh, table tennis table in the
2: office? Uh, no, we don't have a table tennis table in the office, but we work with the philosophy that any table is a table tennis table. So, uh, so <laughs> I'd go good yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I, yes. Well, I think maybe a reason for that is I, I don't think anyone's gonna be able to win a point because you'll, <laughs> you'll probably be dominating. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Fun. I remember, I I once sorry, Rose. I'll cut in with a little story. I remember I was doing a bit of work experience once, and there was a table tennis table in the office, and I genuinely think like it was seventy percent work, thirty percent table tennis. Like it was it's like everybody had a crack, and yeah, I was somewhere near the bottom. But yeah, it seems to be a very popular thing. I think Sportsground yeah. HQ is going to need a table
0: tennis table mm. room, so we better have yeah, that absolutely I, I will i need to be around a table tennis table to catch up to my brother because we had a table tennis table in our house growing up and for years and years and years as the oldest brother brother i would always always win and then eventually my younger brothers ben and isaac got old enough and skilled enough that they went completely over the top of me and now i can barely get a point off them to the extent where my brother ben end up playing competitively and became the like 147th ranked play in Victoria or something (laughs) like that. Um, So I need to find a table test table so that I can actually get one up on my brothers again. But um, like Anshul for you, who who were like your main competitors growing up?
2: Oh, um, I, you know, like I said, I started playing in school. So um, a lot of my role models did actually um, come from, there. Um, yeah, I've always, uh, <laughs> I'd say, just, just played with my friends growing up. Uh, I've, I've, I haven't played much with my family members. Um, so yeah, it, it would just mostly be people that I would go to competitions with and uh, would otherwise just be practice partners with me in, uh, um, in club situations and academy situations. So yeah.
0: Mm. That's awesome. So you've become like an elite table tennis player. You've then found your way to Melbourne to study sport management at Deakin. What led to you leaving India for Australia?
2: Um, I uh, actually sort of uh, always had an idea that I would head abroad for my uh, master's, but there was still that uncertainty about which course or which uni and which country to choose because then it was at a turning point after my bachelor's degree as to um, what I proceed with, whether I want to just play or whether I want to head to another discipline. Um, But one thing I was sure about was that it had to be something of interest. I can't just go another year or two um, studying something that at the end of which, I'm again clueless. And by that, I mean that the only thing I have learned from my bachelor's degree is tolerance uh, in mathematics. <laughs> uh, but but on a serious note, uh, just after my college, I uh, worked with a sports events management company um, in India for two years. And uh, they were into mass participative sports. So I, I came across a more disciplined approach to the admin side of sport there. I met a couple of people who uh, had done sport management before they were pursuing that as their career. So, um, I guess a major, um, push to choose sport as a choice of study came from that. Um, and then, uh, of course, after days and weeks of research, (laughs) I would say I chose Australia because, um, I wanted to be able to work alongside, Um, alongside my study. And uh, because I I genuinely had very little idea of what the Australian sporting industry looked like, uh, what kind of jobs are out there and whether or not I will end up working in events again, because that was my whole idea of um, sport management. Um, But again, if there's more to it than just that, uh, but what I did know was that it's super competitive so i was prepared to just go back to india at any given point because i'd heard things don't often turn out for the best for international students but that would push was there like i uh the course at deacon ticked off the major boxes so um yeah i just decided to come through
1: <laughs> awesome what um what sort of feeling did you have about your chances of finding a full-time job in australia i know you, you just mentioned you know often sometimes it it doesn't pan out but were you, were you confident that you would find full-time work here when you when you thought about moving overseas
2: um i hadn't made an assumption about it before uh coming here really so i i thought a more um a more understandable approach would be to just reach out to people who are uh currently doing sport management from the same uni and i i did connect with some of the deacon alumni, people who were in the course at that time i decided to talk to them and ask how their experiences had been uh so maybe i can form a generalized opinion about it and the questions i i asked oh god I, the questions i asked are the same uh questions an amateur aspiring uh, student would ask like what are the odds of getting a job in the sport industry and how did you end up in this particular role that you're in and please give tips on how i can do the same uh, but and not knowing that i would be in a similar situation just a year later um so it was and just not knowing that they were trying to figure it out themselves so i wouldn't really get an, get a very accurate response at that time, from them, um, but my my feelings, uh, I would say, if uh, got to answer your question, my feelings were on a roller coaster. They were uh, like very very reflective of um, the kind of responses I was getting, and um, I tell you, I've heard very mixed responses from everyone I reached out to. Like there were um, people who'd been successful. Uh, that always are, <laughs> but uh, it's it's the negative ones that uh, got me questioning the whole decision of uh, whether or not I should come here. I remember talking to this one person um, whose name I'm not going to take for obvious <laughs> reasons, but. Uh, 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 he he said that um, it's it's brutal, like brutal out here. The sport industry, ninety percent chances that you will end up without a job, and uh, and that it's not going to be worth it. Uh, but then at the same time, I um, also spoke to this uh, person. She'd be doing very well for herself. She's now working at Tennis Australia, um, and we came from similar backgrounds, so that gave a little bit of a hope. Um, so again eventually it just came down to um what I chose to set as my benchmark and uh, I just chose to see the possibility in all of it I guess and you know again like I said I was prepared to go back if things didn't turn out well but not at the short of just shutting everything out and saying that I'm not going to even try so but again, those conversations have all been very helpful, and I'm sure a lot of international students would relate to that part of uh, the research process before coming to Australia. And um, it was a lot of common uh, pattern across most of the people I spoke to, is that you have to dig very deep into finding opportunities for yourself. Grassroots sport is what you should be looking at starting with, because they're the easiest to connect to and just be proactive, just just be ready to talk to people at any time, go out there, network and network, network. <laughs> and I, I knew that I was just stepping out of my comfort zone then. Um, and I think, yeah, it's quite normal to dread that feeling.
0: So, so your your friend is telling you there's a 90% chance that you won't <laughs> find a job in Australia?
2: Not my friend but yes uh, uh, uh
0: acquaintance, acquaintance. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Yes.
0: why why do you think 90 percent of people who try and make the jump into working in sport in australia don't work out mm.
2: well there's no um one answer to that because it's it's very situational um with each and every international student of course our uh, ultimate goal is to be able to find a job. And then there are a lot of other concerns linked to it. Like for some people just settling down here is a priority more than a job. For some people finding a job is uh, the first step to being able to settle down here in Australia. And uh, and and you, you never know how much um, anyone tries to uh, get up there. Like um, if I say that if you're telling me that networking is important, but networking is not at all my thing, then I just, uh, I just say that you know, no, networking is not an option at all for anyone else. But so, and that's not true. And I'm not sure if I'm making a lot of sense here, but uh, I think it's it's just very different for everyone. So you wouldn't know unless you actually give it a
0: shot. Are, are you saying that some people are quick to close themselves off? from networking
2: uh, you said that I'm not saying that.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well it, it sounds like some international students are, are hesitant to, to put it yeah yeah very yeah, yeah.
2: uh, withdrawn um uh, introvert yeah um yeah yeah it's difficult to just uh take that first step of going out there talking to people
1: yeah mm. yeah it's definitely a challenge I, I feel like a lot of people that we speak to have kind of said things along the similar lines or you know, like it's, mm. it's tough. Like you come into a brand new country, um, and you're trying to find a job and it's like, if, if you've never really networked before or you, you may have been in limited amounts, it can be pretty daunting. So it's pretty hard, but I guess it's just overcoming that, that first leap, isn't it? Once yeah. you, once you take that, it becomes a, a whole lot easier so yeah can totally understand um how tough that is mm. um getting onto your role now uh how did you feel when you saw your role at table tennis australia come up
2: uh well to put it all in one word i was overwhelmed <laughs> <laughs> very overwhelmed with this uh strange mix of uh emotions i was uh uh, excited, at the same time very scared and unsure, also so happy to see the um, the job description had highlighted uh, some of the major tick in the boxes for me. Um, what, what was uh, the
0: title of your role?
2: Uh, National Participation and Development Coordinator. Mm. Um, and it was all about supporting pathways, uh, getting more and more people to play table tennis, participation, inclusion, uh, positive social impact, and all those more such keywords that uh, created this uh, hypothetical space that I was trying to get into for a very long time. Because um, I'd say that towards the end of my degree, I'd uh, realized a little bit that I wanted to go towards the sports for development side of things. And, uh, and of course, what better way to start than with the sport like your own sport so uh plus being able to work with an nso on top of that and then again the role was based in adelaide um i'm not sure if you know but adelaide is considered to be a regional um area so and and that's again if i put my immigrant hat on And uh, consider, I'd already started uh, considering the prospects of settling down here in Australia. So just took a huge leap right there, just after looking at the role. I hadn't even started doing anything for it yet. And uh, I was majorly excited. You can imagine how that uh, one role just seemed like an entire package or dreamy opportunity. uh, At that time, I just couldn't afford to let it slide.
0: So it sounds like it was like the your dream organization in australia given your history playing elite table tennis
2: mm-hmm.
0: in a role creating the impact that you set out to create introducing more people to table tennis yeah and so when you get this like ultimate combination of organization and impact like what do you do to prepare for an application like that
2: I've- Yeah, I like how you just calmed my excitement down. (laughs) (laughs) You're excited, now tell us what you (laughs) did. Um, And and that's exactly what happened. I have to, I've had to uh, really calm myself down. I remember giving you a call as well, uh, Ruben, and expressing how I felt after I'd uh, looked at the role. Um, So I worked on it like a uni assignment (laughs) because, um uh, i i i called you specifically to talk about uh how to better communicate um what i've learned from my past experiences because i i knew i'd done some relevant work uh, i just didn't know how to put that across so um yeah i i didn't really have a clear idea of how uh, impactful my past work has been or you know, what exactly is it that I'm capable of? So the bigger questions I reckon that I was, it was anyway about time to start thinking about it because I was closer to the end of my degree. So might as well just start diligently or working on it now that I have that opportunity in front of me. So, um, I'd say that like, this was still the first full-time job I was applying for. So I couldn't rely on it completely and, um, I have had would have to think of what next, if not this, and all those other sorts of things, which is why I sought a deeper help from sports grad, uh, in fact, um, because to, again, just uh, look at a holistic approach of what to do with how to put myself across to employers. So I tailored my resume accordingly. I just dissected the job description, try to link it to my experiences that I'd, um, I'd sort of gained uh, a couple of points from the live job application webinar that you conducted. Uh, it's pretty helpful. And I, I even sought help from a very <laughs> dear friend of mine to just do some amount of proofreading um, uh, for the cover letter, but then again referred to all the templates uh, for the member resources, and for this position specifically, I I directly spoke to people within table tennis, so who uh, who I'd worked with before, um, to sort of just get a deeper insight of <clears throat> uh, whether I would be a good fit for this position because uh, they knew what the what my predecessor was. Was like and what kind of work she would do. So I think that was very helpful. And I, I do have to say that all of that volunteering experience with um, table tennis Victoria with Tani Table Tennis Club it over the last year it it really paid off because uh, in that time I had sort of developed those connections who would be ready to back me up when. Um, you know, when an opportunity like this opened up, so I was just glad that um you know I'd put myself out there within the industry and that now it's hopefully it'll all pay off so that was the I don't know if I answered the question
0: yeah <laughs>
2: but no. a little bit
0: absolutely it sounds like you you know your, your dream job job has come up, so you've done extremely yeah. thorough. You've gone through an extremely thorough process to make sure you've leave, left no stone
1: mm.
0: unturned to, to then grab it, um, yeah. which is absolutely mm-hmm. the right way to go about it. Um, yeah. I'm interested to know, though, you mentioned um, being able to communicate some of your past experience and making it relevant to table tennis. What were some of your past experiences?
2: Uh, I'd actually worked with, uh, volunteered with Table Tennis Victoria um, as a uh, like within the competitions and tournaments committee. Uh, And the major work that aligned with this role was uh, with Tani Table Tennis Club. And I'd worked on this uh, entry-level, Table Tennis Australia's entry-level program called Girls Pinaroos. So I'd essentially coached at and managed the program entirely by myself uh, in this newly established club in a remote location. So. that that led to a lot of membership increase, an increase in you uh, know uh, junior female participant participants at the club, and uh, and and that's to say that I could easily link it to how I committed to create that kind of an impact when I will be working with Table Tennis Australia. So um, also then a lot of um, the work that I've done with Camberwell Magpies in cricket um it's it's given me a lot of um hands-on operations experience to just be able to pick up anything and uh you know be flexible with uh a role that's that requires uh, a range of tasks being done so yeah
1: things like you uh you you ticked every box that was possibly able to be ticked <laughs> um and
2: yeah am i all right in
1: saying so this was the first full time job you went for. Yeah, yeah. So you so you won from one. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent strike, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Uh, it's not bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I'd can, say I was most concerned about the interview part. So you you'd think that I was ticking a lot of the boxes, but uh but I was absolutely dreading the interview. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not my thing. Uh, at all. And I re- remember just delving so, so deeper into that, that, that kit of backend resources, uh, of the backend questions, you know, breaking down your answers into a, a task and action approach. Um, and, and even then I was so nervous during the <laughs> interview, it was, uh, it was super funny because I was trying to communicate that my communication skills are good. And ironically, that's when that, that, anxiety struck and I couldn't communicate that I am good at communication. So it just it, I, I felt like, uh, I, I think I lost my chance. <laughs> well,
0: um, you clearly did a very yeah. good job of covering that up. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> no, they just saw through the good parts. Very, yeah. very, very Nice Absolutely. people.
1: <laughs> do you, um, do you remember where you were? When you got the phone call to say you were successful,
2: um, yeah, I was. I was at home, um, and and like I said, I, I sort of made peace with whatever the outcome was going to be because I wasn't very satisfied with how my uh, interview went. Uh, all of that communication just went for a toss, so I'd nearly given up on that and started looking at what other jobs I could apply for that day, so this this morning when I actually just received the call. And I was on a call with uh, Ray for our uh, uh, member catch up that she'd planned for sports grad. So I'm talking to her, and uh, I'm just uh, ranting about how uh, I think I may have not done as well as I expected to. Um, she's listening very patient, very calm. She's like, it's okay. We have so many more opportunities we can crack. And then I get this call and I'm like, Rishin, sorry, I have to take this. Uh, I answer and that's my um, current manager, Aaron Tuckfield. And he says, he starts asking me about my visa status. And all this while I'm thinking, oh, did I get it? Did I not get it? (laughs) What's what's happening? So, and then he says that you have stood out of all the candidates and we're happy to offer you the position. And I'm like, wow.
0: <laughs>
2: I just go back to the call with Reshwin and the entire tone of uh, our conversation switched it, yeah. just significantly. And I tell her that I've got the job and, and yeah, we did it.
1: <laughs> That's so good. And of course, <laughs> special shout out to our uh, community manager, Resh absolute superstar at sports grad hq but that that's quite a story i think we can we can hold that as probably one of the standout stories of of when people get the call to say they're successful i think we've we've asked a few people that question uh but i think whilst you're on the phone to resh speaking about potential other roles i think that pretty much takes the cake so that's pretty
0: good yeah (laughs) I, I remember talking to Resh, and I was like, "Oh, how'd you catch up with Anshul Go!" And she was like, "It went brilliantly. She got a job mid-call." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow! I don't think any any call is ever going to top that again."
2: Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Wow.
0: So what, I go. what? So what sort of projects are you working on now, Anshul?
2: Um. Well, in in my role, um, I'm mainly looking after schools' participation. Uh, and that's through the sporting schools program so i'm uh, essentially just managing the delivery of uh, coach and teacher led programs and um, ideating how to get more schools on board how to get more coaches and more more clubs um how to connect schools to clubs and how to promote the program better what sort of partnerships or uh, content we can develop so that you know our entire product looks more uh is in fact more inclusive to um, students with a disability and other groups of children uh so that's that's like major uh part of my role and then apart from that i'm i'm actually very uh happy to have been given this opportunity by my team to lead a female participation project And uh, that's that's currently ongoing, and that's something very exciting and an area of interest uh, that I'm getting some hands-on experience with. Um, The other, and there are other uh, areas and other projects that my team is working on, and they sometimes need my technical support with, uh, like like content creation, website management, and uh, a bit of graphic designing. So, so just. Yeah, so there's there's lots to do and I know there's lots more to do in the coming months, even years, for that matter.
0: That's one of the uh, the great things about a smaller sport and organisation mm. is that you get thrown into absolutely everything. Mm. And so you become a bit of a jack-of-all-trades and you learn to adapt very quickly and deal with things on the fly just because you have to. And I think yeah, one of our earliest podcasts was with... Uh, Eliza Dewar, and she started her career at Gymnastics Victoria in a marketing role. And mm-hmm. they just didn't have, you know, the budget to do the same sort of things that, you know, the Collingwood Football Club might have where they can wrap an entire tram with their their branding. Yeah. And so she just had to adapt, find ideas and just make it happen. And so but the one of the things she said was that after, the, after a year or so, whenever she finished up and moved on to the Carlton Football Club, she was in a much better position to take her career forward just because she'd had so much scope to work on a, on a variety of different things. So um, I know for some people can feel like, oh, I'm not really doing my job. I'm doing so many different things. But I think at the end of it, you learn to appreciate what a great opportunity it was to work across so yeah. many different things.
2: Yeah. At the end of it, it's all really part of your job. Mm. That's what you signed up for.
1: I'm pretty appreciative of that. Mm. I think that's like genuinely sport jobs in general, though. You know, yeah. like I feel like jobs in sport, it's kind of like everyone chips in. And because there's that interest in what they're doing, that they obviously they don't always love the sport, but most of the time they love the sport they're working in or the organization they're working in, that everyone's willing to chip in. So I think. Rarely across the board are you going to be like pigeonholed in one specific area and you only do that. And that I think is probably the beauty of working in sport is that you're doing all that, you're doing everything. You you get a mix of everything. You can actually you can see the area in sport that you might want to focus on, which is really cool. And especially in sort of small organisations where you know there's there's less staff, there's less people, so everyone has to sort of play their role. So it's an opportunity more than anything. I think, which is awesome. Um, Anshul, there are many examples of students who have had to return home to India empty-handed because they haven't found work, as we spoke about earlier. What advice would you give to another international student who is hoping to avoid that situation and instead find their dream job before graduating like you
2: have? Mm. No. Well, I, I, I'd say I haven't got much to advise because I, I'm hoping that, um, you know, my my most of the international students can already relate to my experience, um, and of course, I'm very well aware that a lot of us already know the importance of grassroots sport and volunteering and. And so we're just going crazy, grabbing those opportunities. And I know a lot of people who are. Um, so my only suggestion, I guess, would be to um, make use of the resources that are available to help you out in that area, especially when you've you know, got to tell your employer um, how that one volunteering uh, experience is adding now to your capability, how is it? going to help you in your uh, future role. So, and and more such uh, deeper questions, I guess, that you even yourself want to get an idea of, uh, because it's just important to know where you stand, what you can, cannot do, and um, how you can communicate it to your employer, so just, just to get a clarity. So, yeah, that would be my suggestion to just make use of the resources that
0: are there to help you out in specific that's a great point like so many people go head dive headfirst into so many opportunities whether that's you know just actually learning the theory at university or going out and volunteering and they spend so much time building up their skill set then as you mentioned like one of the things that you've done really well is actually spend time learning how to communicate your skill set because you might know how great you are but Mm. the job rests with someone else. And so for them to understand what you've got, you need to be able to communicate that. Mm. And where you've done really well is actually invest time in learning how to do that. And it sounds like that's the biggest opportunity for other international students out there. Yep,
2: that's a good way to look at it.
0: Mm. awesome. Well, Anshul, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, your story is incredible. You've, you know, you're an elite table tennis table player uh, <laughs> and you've come to another country to, to grab your dream job, which is absolutely inspiring for so many people. So um, we loved hearing your story on the podcast and yeah, we can't wait to share with many more people. So thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you. And I love sharing my story with all of you.
0: There we have it, Ryan. Uh, an awesome story. Come from another country to find your dream job in Australia. What did you learn from this, Ryan?
1: Well, I, I learned a lot, but I'll, I'll just say I love the, uh, you know, the story about table tennis. You know, like people, I feel a lot of people come here and, and they want to work in the the biggest sports in the brightest lights, right? And table tennis is a sport that, you know, you struggle to find people who haven't played table tennis before. And I just loved how she loves table tennis and just wanted to work in table tennis if she was able to do that. So kudos to to her for, for doing that and also to table tennis because we love it. <laughs> but um, what I loved about Unsure was, you know, she spoke about how she found grassroots experience. And if I'm anyone listening right now, I'd be, Looking to get some of the experience that she got, she was able to go to the you know Campbell Magpies, a uh, bit of a rival to Wycliffe, I believe. So, we do, yeah, you know, we like the magpies, but not as much as Wycliffe. But I'll just say she was able to really secure that experience. So, if I'm listening, just go down to your local club and find something for yourself because it comes in handy, I can guarantee it. And that's exactly yeah. what happened
0: here, yeah. and I think particularly for international students when you're coming from another country you don't grow up in the circles of your local cricket club in another country because you're not in that country obviously. So it is more of an effort to make that first jump and get involved but it's absolutely worthwhile. Uh, The other takeaway um, from Anshul is learn to sell your experience. Like Anshul has put a lot of time and attention into her application. Like you you heard her talk about it the thorough process that she went to to learn how to convince someone else that she could do the job. And that's where a lot of people don't dedicate enough time. They put so much time into their, their assignments and exams and study and volunteering and getting hours and hours and hours of work experience. But at the end of the day, you're not hiring yourself. You've got to convince somebody else that you can do the job. And so learning to sell yourself is pivotal, particularly when you're trying to do it in another country.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The last one I'll say is, it's easy to stick to you know the circles of other international students when you get to Australia or any other country for that matter. Um, so what I'll say today is, embrace that uncomfortable feeling uh, of meeting new people um, and continue to network because, Arshil showed that you need to get out of that circle to grow your network. The the safe option is to just stay in those circles and and speak to the people you know. And, you know, you might get by for a little while, but what she showed is, you know, she was able to land a dream job, one that she wanted to work in since she was in India uh, because she was able to expand those circles and, and network effectively. So I think we said in the episode it was, you know, take the leap, take that first leap, and the rest will be easier, and it will follow. So that would be my advice off the back of that.
0: Mm. And, and it's not just the international students who you see, you know, form together. Like the first, you know, couple of years of my time at university, I didn't really chat to anybody I went to university with. I just kind of kept to my circles at high school yeah. and thought, you know, those that's those are the people I'll hang out with, and that will just come to uni, go in, go out. And it wasn't until I kind of extended myself out to chat with people at university and chat with people in the sports industry that you know opportunities start to open up and results start to show so it is uncomfortable no matter where you've come from but it is so crucial yeah awesome well thank you so much to for listening to the sports grab podcast today if you want to ask us any more questions we're on linkedin Ruben williams ryan walker link in the show notes to find us there We hope you have enjoyed the episode. Shout out to all our members who um, listen every week and we engage with online. If you want to find more information about that, head to the website. But until then, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.